0: Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of the Infertile Diagnosis. Thanks so much for tuning in to another Closer Today, where me, Monica Cox from My Mindful Me, help you deal with the bullshit of infertility through one inspirational clip at a time. Today, or actually this week, is quite a big subject um, that goes really untalked about. I mean, it's crazy because infertility is um, not, you know, it's slowly getting out there, but it's like a hush-hush like topic anyways. But what we are going to be addressing this week is probably even more hush-hush. And this comes from the inspiration of my Friday guest, Dr. Emma Brodzinski. And I hope I said that correctly. If you guys know me by now, me and um, beautiful, unique names don't really gel. But um, when I invited her on, I asked her what she wanted to speak about. And it took her a little bit of time to reply, but I'm going to read you exactly what she emailed to me. The one thing that I really have on my heart at the moment is dealing with a fertility journey after having experienced some kind of body trauma and how fertility treatment in particular can trigger all sorts of stuff. I have a history of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse, and as a result, had cut off my relationship with my body and my fertility journey is where I realized I really needed to get back in touch with it and learn to love my body." So Emma's bravery is what brought this on and it's truly inspirational that she is making those huge steps to share her story share how she overcame these issues and support a lot of women and men out there during this time. So I wanted to find a closer today clip that really did Emma's chat justice. So today's clip is from Dr. Nadine Harris. She is a pediatrician and she is now California's first surgeon general. It's what 2019, so she is the acting surgeon general in California. And she became a doctor and her you know she'll explain her journey of why she got to what she's doing now. And it is um such an important piece of work that she's doing and highlighting how your past events um, and i personally believe no matter how big or small affect who you are down to how your dna is read so if you are um dealing or have dealt with any huge um, trauma in your childhood um, I really truly hope that this clip um, supports you in realizing maybe why um, you are who you are today if you haven't dealt with it and gives you the support to seek that help so without further ado here's Nadine in the mid 90s
1: The CDC and Kaiser Permanente discovered an exposure that dramatically increased the risk for seven out of 10 of the leading causes of death in the United States. In high doses, it affects brain development, the immune system, hormonal systems and even the way our DNA is read and transcribed. Folks who are exposed in very high doses have tripled the lifetime risk of heart disease and lung cancer and a 20-year difference in life expectancy. And yet doctors today are not trained in routine screening or treatment. Now, the exposure I'm talking about is not a pesticide or a packaging chemical. It's childhood trauma. Okay, what kind of trauma am I talking about here? I'm not talking about failing a test or losing a basketball game. I am talking about threats that are so severe or pervasive that they literally get under our skin and change our physiology. Things like abuse or neglect, or growing up with a parent who struggles with mental illness or substance dependence. Now, for a long time, I viewed these things in the way I was trained to view them either as a social problem, refer to social services, or as a mental health problem, refer to mental health services. And then something happened to make me rethink my entire approach. When I finished my residency, I wanted to go someplace where I felt really needed, someplace where I could make a difference. So I came to work for California Pacific Medical Center, one of the best private hospitals in Northern California. And together, we opened a clinic in Bayview-Hunters Point, one of the poorest, most underserved neighborhoods in San Francisco. Now, prior to that point, there had been only one pediatrician in all of Bayview to serve more than 10,000 children. So we hung a shingle and we were able to provide top-quality care, regardless of ability to pay. It was so cool. We targeted the typical health disparities, access to care, immunization rates, asthma hospitalization rates, and we hit all of our numbers. We felt very proud of ourselves. But then I started noticing a disturbing trend. A lot of kids were being referred to me for ADHD, or attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. But when I actually did a thorough history in physical, what I found was that for most of my patients, I couldn't make a diagnosis of ADHD. Most of the kids I was seeing had experienced such severe trauma that it felt like something else was going on. Somehow, I was missing something important. Now, before I did my residency, I did a master's degree in public health. And one of the things that they teach you in public health school is that if you're a doctor and you see 100 kids that all drink from the same well, and 98 of them develop diarrhea, you can go ahead and write that prescription for dose after dose after dose of antibiotics, or you can walk over and say, what the hell is in this well? So I began reading everything that I could get my hands on about how exposure to adversity affects the developing brains and bodies of children. And then one day, my colleague walked into my office and he said, Dr. Burke, have you seen this? In his hand was a copy of a research study called the Adverse Childhood Experiences Study. That day, changed my clinical practice and, ultimately, my career. The Adverse Childhood Experiences study is something that everybody needs to know about. It was done by Dr. Vince Felitti at Kaiser and Dr. Bob Onda at the CDC, and together they asked 17 and a half thousand adults about their history of exposure to what they called Adverse Childhood Experiences, or ACEs. Those include physical, emotional or sexual abuse, physical or emotional neglect, parental mental illness, substance dependence, incarceration, parental separation or divorce, or domestic violence. For every yes, you would get a point on your ACE score. And then what they did was they correlated these ACE scores against health outcomes. What they found, was striking. Two things. Number one, ACEs are incredibly common. Sixty-seven percent of the population had at least one ACE, and 12.6 percent, one in eight, had four or more ACEs. The second thing that they found was that there was a dose-response relationship between ACEs and health outcomes. The higher your A score, the worse your health outcomes. For a person with an A score of four or more, their relative risk of chronic obstructive pulmonary disease was two and a half times that of someone with an A score of zero. For hepatitis, it was also two and a half times. For depression, it was four and a half times. For suicidality, it was 12 times. A person with an ACE score of seven or more had triple the lifetime risk of lung cancer and three and a half times the risk of ischemic heart disease, the number one killer in the United States of America. Well, of course, this makes sense. You know, some people looked at this data and they said, come on, you know. You have a rough childhood, you're more likely to drink and smoke and do all these things that are going to ruin your health. This isn't science. This is just bad behavior. It turns out this is exactly where the science comes in. We now understand better than we ever have before how exposure to early adversity affects the developing brains and bodies of children. It affects areas like the nucleus accumbens, the pleasure and reward center of the brain that is implicated in substance dependence. It inhibits the prefrontal cortex, which is necessary for impulse control and executive function, a critical area for learning. And on MRI scans, we see measurable differences in the amygdala, the brain's fear response center. So there are real, neurologic reasons why folks exposed to high doses of adversity are more likely to engage in high-risk behavior, and that's important to know. But it turns out that even if you don't engage in any high-risk behavior, you're still more likely to develop heart disease or cancer. The reason for this has to do with the hypothalamic-pituitary-adrenal axis, the brain's and body's stress response system that governs our fight-or-flight response. How does it work? Well, imagine you're walking in the forest and you see a bear. Immediately, your hypothalamus sends a signal to your pituitary, which sends a signal to your adrenal gland that says, release stress hormones, adrenaline, cortisol. And so your heart starts to pound, your pupils dilate, your airways open up, and you are ready to either fight that bear or run from the bear. And that is wonderful if you're in a forest and there's a bear. <laughs> but the problem is what happens when the bear comes home every night. And this system is activated over and over and over again. And it goes from being adaptive or life saving to maladaptive or health-damaging. Children are especially sensitive to this repeated stress activation because their brains and bodies are just developing. High doses of adversity not only affect brain structure and function, they affect the developing immune system, developing hormonal systems and even the way our DNA is read and transcribed
0: anyone who has dealt with a traumatic event during their childhood or their youth i truly hope that this clip um maybe helps you see a little bit of why you may be having the issues that you're having and how important it is to um, do all the hard necessary work to uh, release all these emotions and just improve your mental and physical well-being. If you would like to connect with Dr. Nadine Harris, I found her on uh, Twitter. And her Twitter handle is at Dr. Burke Harris. You can watch this whole clip over on YouTube. It's called How Childhood Trauma Affects Health Across a Lifetime. I've also put this clip up over on my YouTube channel. You can check it out um, at Monica Cox, and it's in the Closer Today Infertile Diagnosis playlist. She also has written a book called The Deepest Well healing the long-term effects of childhood adversity i have put this over in the uh, mindful me shop and it is in the section called mind and soul books i definitely think it's probably worth a read if you have dealt with any of these issues Again, all the links are in the show notes. And thank you so much for tuning in. I truly hope this podcast is helping you get through some hard times and is a little bit of inspiration that is needed in your life at the moment. If you're loving what we're doing, please leave a rating or review. It would greatly help out the podcast. And again, always get in touch over at mymindfulme.com. That's where you can find me and everything that I'm doing. And drop me an email um, at me at mymindfulme if you have any comments or questions. Yes, on Friday we have a amazing interview with emma as i said before we go into some deep topics that i hope um with emma's amazing story and bravery that we can get um talking about a lot more so have a beautiful week and we'll see you on friday for the next episode of the inferno